I am Chris Rex, and for the last 10 years, I have been traveling up and down the roads as an independent professional wrestler. I have had the opportunity to train, work with, and share locker rooms with some of the best who ever stepped foot inside of the squared circle. My co-host is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. Born outside of Lyon, France, he moved to Texas at the age of four, and his love of sports has led him to become a sports journalist with eight years under his belt. Together, we mix my knowledge and experience as a professional wrestler with his research and raw journalism to bring you an educated and unique view of professional wrestling. This is Wrestling with a Bear. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling with a Bear. I am pro wrestler Chris Rex, and my co-host is sports journalist, the Bear of Texas, Alex Alcazaz. How are you doing today, Alex? I'm doing good, my brother. How are you doing? It's been a couple weeks since we put out an episode. You know, life happens, but we move on. Here we are. We're back on the roll here. And we're going to start off this show with some shocking news. ECW legend New Jack died Friday afternoon following a heart attack at the age of 58. Now, for those who do not know who New Jack is, get on the YouTubes, get on the Twitter, get on the Instagram and look him up. This man was extreme before the word extreme was cool. This man was gangster before the word gangster was cool. He was the realest motherfucker in the wrestling business. This dude, notorious for taking dangerous bumps, but we all know he was known for shooting on his opponents, whether it was verbal or physical. Look it up, y'all. Do the research. You will see all the dangerous shit New Jack has done. I'm not just talking about diving off a balcony 40 feet onto an opponent on a table. It goes from that to stabbing a wrestler at an independent show to cutting somebody with a surgical scalpel. But keep in mind, know the facts before you judge. New Jack was somebody that was never seen before. But what we learned is that when he was trained, that was what he was taught. Create something that has never been seen before. And I like that you said that. He was someone that had never been seen before. And we will never see another man like New Jack again. I guarantee we will never see another New Jack. He is unique, one of a kind. And we had the pleasure of covering his episode of Dark Side of the Ring mm-hmm. on Dark Side of the Podcast. It's a bonus episode here on Wrestling with a Bear Rest in peace, New Jack. He was definitely a game changer. I had the opportunity of meeting him. I've told the story numerous times. um, And I guess I'll say it one last time here on Wrestling with a Bear. Please do. Extreme Reunion 2012. I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version here. Pretty much the sound guy forgot to play his song at the right time and played his song, Natural Born Killers, with the intro. And I seen a side of New Jack that... You've only seen in the ring because he was completely cool, calm and collective before. Once they fucked up his music, I, a garbage can full of weapons went flying and it was a scariest experience. But you know what? It's an experience. And now I'm glad that I have at least got to meet him once in my life. So what we're going to do here is something that we've never had to do on Wrestling with a Bear since our start. And that is a 10 bell salute. For Jerome Nujack Young. 
We here at Wrestling With A Bear would like to thank the friends and family of New Jack for everything he has done for this business. Podcasting is not free. Between domain names, website hosting, RSS feeds, and distribution, in order for us to keep this show free for our listeners, we need advertisers and sponsors. So we're going to take a quick break to pay some of those bills, and we'll be right back with more Wrestling with a Bear. Wrestling with a Bear is proudly sponsored by Dream Controller. Custom controllers and accessories for your Xbox and PlayStation consoles. Dream Controller offers more custom designs than any other company in the market. But that isn't the only thing they offer. They also have the ability to mod their controllers so that you can dominate the competition. The Dream Controller team will work around the clock six days a week to ensure you receive your order as quickly as possible. So level up your gaming experience and visit dreamcontroller.com. I've been wanting a headphone that can keep up with my lifestyle for years. And now there's finally one brand out there that's truly designed for the active music lover on the go. Bandphones is a Bluetooth, wireless, and water-resistant headset and a headband designed to eliminate the everyday annoyances that come with standard headphones. Whether it's tangled cords, headsets not staying on due to vigorous activity, perspiration, weather conditions, even sweat tripping into the earbuds themselves. With band phones, you can keep your music playing without any interruptions through any activity. Band phones are lightweight, easy to clean, and adjustable to fit all sizes. Not only does its hands-free Bluetooth wireless technology allow you to move freely, but its water-resistant design lets you listen to music during water sports, even in the rain. But don't take my word for it. Try it yourself. You'll never use another brand of headphones again. To purchase or for more information, visit bandphones.com. This is the CEO and the president of Shane Taylor Promotions, the baddest of all time, Shane Taylor, and you are listening to Wrestling With A Bear. We're going to talk about John Moxley versus New Japan's Yuji Nagata for the New Japan Pro Wrestling United States Championship on AEW Dynamite. You know, Chris, I swear to you, I get more and more intrigued with AEW by the freaking month. It was recently announced that AEW would actually be coming to Texas. They will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I will make it my mission to buy a ticket and go to the show. But yes, John Moxley versus Yuji Nagata. The first time that that belt was defended on AEW Dynamite. Not only is it the first time that the New Japan United States Championship was defended on AEW Dynamite, it is the first time a New Japan Championship period has been defended in AEW. And I believe this is the first New Japan talent, strictly New Japan talent, that has been featured on AEW Dynamite. As you are well aware, not long ago, reports began to surface that AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling could be working together. And we teased how brilliant that would be if if, if the rumors are totally true. And if they had this match, I believe it's really starting to prove that those rumors truly are true. I think by now we can both agree, and we all, all of our listeners can agree, that is definitely more than rumor and innuendo by now. We've clearly seen it proven with these relationships with other promotions. But the reason this match was so important for this relationship is it will now allow 
New Japan to work with AEW more. John Moxley representing New Japan and AEW will help bring New Japan names into AEW and vice versa. Now think about it. Yuji Nagata came over to on Dynamite. John Moxley is still the United States champion. Who is next to come over? Or maybe do we see AEW talent start going into New Japan Strong events? Because they're running events in the United States now. The opportunities and the possibilities are endless. I mean, Hiroshi Tanahashi in AEW, I think would be a perfect fit. You know, and a lot of the current AEW talent that are signed have previously performed in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it's kind of a no-brainer for this relationship to work. And what we should keep in mind is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Kenny Omega is actually the executive vice president of AEW, is he not? Yes, he is. He is the current EVP of AEW. When he signed with AEW, I know there was a lot of heat between him and uh, New Japan. And the fact that they're able to work together, that's showing the signs of growth. That's showing that, okay, you know, they're reaching out to each other. Now they're rebuilding that relationship. This can open up doors for Kenny to go back to New Japan, which at the start of AEW was really unheard of because of, you know, the the tense situation. Exactly. And with his position, I I really believe that the relationship is... Is being fixed. I mean, I'm sure there's there's been some reconciliation because if both companies trust each other, especially with Omega having a high position, then there's some then there's some harmony going on, and this could be the beginning of something huge. I mean, do something that's never been done before in wrestling. Wrestling has to change. Wrestling has to grow bigger and bigger and bigger because we're getting into a new generation. Like this is not the '90s. This is, this is not the ruthless aggression times anymore. I mean, we're in a whole new era of wrestling. And speaking of new era. On that same episode of AEW Dynamite, we seen the crowning of a new TNT champion, and that is Miro. And Miro defeated Darby Allen on Dynamite, and I'm actually happy because when Miro, formerly known as Rusev, came to AEW, it was his big thing, and they they kind of I kind of felt like they kept him under. Like I expected him to kind of be one of the biggest stars when he got signed. And they kind of stuck them, stuck them in like a mid-card storyline, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it seems to be leave WWE, where he was featured prominently on, on the shows, to going to AEW, where he's kind of like a sideline character. I think he was worth more to AEW than that. So now maybe we'll finally see the Miro we've been waiting to see. Maybe we'll finally see the... The not the best man, but the man. No offense to Becky Lynch. Maybe we'll see the man in AEW. Well, it's about time that they actually finally do something with Miro because, you know, when they first brought him in and he cuts that shoot promo, like, you know, about the brass ring and he's literally attacking WWE. I was like, well, this they're, if they're if this is happening, then yeah, they're definitely going to do something with Miro. But I felt like, you know, he, they bring him in and then he's put in a storyline where he's uh, Kip Sabian's best man, almost like a comedy storyline. But I, but I really believe now that Miro, you know, could be finally going to the best time of his career. I agree with you, brother. I agree. And hopefully we do. Hopefully our opinions here turn into fact that he does become this star. Hopefully what we're saying comes true. If you remember a few years back, there was a promotion that kind of became counterculture. And it was Lucha Underground. It was filmed differently. It had a different feel. It was a cinematic feel to the show. It was produced by and aired on El Rey Network. And after about three seasons... The show was canceled. 
it turned into a big spat between talent because they weren't allowing talent to work other for other television companies, even though they were canceled. So it was a big spat. And you really haven't heard anything about Lucha Underground since. Well, recently, MLW has been teasing the return of Lucha Underground in a way. Now, Major League Wrestling had a, a group with Selena De La Renta called Promociones Dorado. And what really made waves with this stable was that they had signed the man of a thousand deaths, Mil Muertes. He was one of the most popular characters in Lucha Underground. Shortly after his arrival, it was revealed that uh, Promociones Dorado, which was led by uh, Selena De La Renta, she was trying to sell it to the highest bidder and that it was going to be under new management specifically from a group called Azteca Underground. And they're using the similar, the same logo as Lucha Underground. Like everything from the fonts to the music, uh, the iconography, it's all Lucha Underground. And if that's not enough to get fans excited about the possibility of Lucha Underground returning, MLW has been continually dropping hints every week that something is brewing using footage that says Boyle Heights, which is where the Lucha Underground Temple was during the airing. So this is really interesting, Alex. And I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to watch Lucha Underground. I've, I've seen some tape of uh, Lucha Underground. And, you know, from the way I saw it at first, I was like, well, this is definitely something different. You know, it's called Lucha Underground. So, so obviously there's a lot of Lucha Libre. There, there's things that you see different from WWE. I mean, not all promotions are, are the same. If I remember correctly, the biggest main storyline when it first started was there was a tournament, and I think Johnny Mundo won it, and then he got, I think, screwed over by the by the boss of uh, the show or something like that. Yep, Dario Cuerto. On the recent tease, they actually showed Dario Cuerto. So he's going to be, he's going to play a role in this. What I like about this whole idea is that it's in another promotion. MLW is a promotion that I came up watching uh, when I was a teenager. Um, Sunshine Network, 2 a.m. in Florida. I'd be up watching MLW. It was the first, it was my first introduction to independent wrestling. It was, uh, it was the first time, uh, I see my trainer or one of the first times I would, I would see my trainer on television. So MLW really has a, a, a place in my heart just as a wrestling fan and as a company I want to work for one day. And to see them bringing in Lucha Underground. I think it's the perfect fit because if if you haven't watched the um, older MLW underground TV shows from the early 2000s, it was very much uh, lucha oriented. Pretty much it picked up where ECW left off. And you know me as a fan of Lucha Libre, this, this is right up my alley. So I'm excited to finally see Lucha Underground on TV again. I actually got my niece uh, into Lucha Underground shortly before it folded. And, you know, it was kind of like that bonding experience between my niece and she was, she loved how it was counterculture. It was the alternative and it was all these high spots. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear uh, that Azteca Underground, Lucha Underground is coming back and it's going to be on MLW, who now has a TV deal with Vice TV. And speaking of Vice TV, they have had one of the top shows, one of my favorite shows, uh, as far as wrestling is concerned. Dark Side of the Ring, we've covered the last season. We covered their their whole season, starting with Chris Benoit. That's really where we got our start as far as wrestling podcasting. And this season is going to be no different. We will be covering it. Like I said, life happens. But we will be covering this season of Dark Side of the Ring. 
uh, we briefly want to talk about the first episode on uh, Brian Pillman. I've done my research on Brian Pillman. Obviously, he was before I started watching wrestling. But there was actually a DVD about him. That I believe it came out in 2006. I remember there was the Unforgiven 2006 DVD that actually promoted Brian Pillman's DVD. It was called Brian, uh, Brian Pillman uh, Loose Cannon. So Brian Pillman's been thought of for so long. I mean, he's considered one of the biggest names in pro wrestling, not just because of his talent, but because how his character was. I mean, you guys have to watch the episode. I mean, you'll learn more. But, but watching these two episodes, Chris, I felt the exact same way I did, you know, when I was watching the previous episodes. You go to school. You learn things you did not know. And as, as I was watching, I'm sorry, I could not help it, but I had to take notes because I wanted to learn the way I'm supposed to, the way journalists learn, do the research, you take notes. That That's just kind of my thing. I mean, it's, it's maybe a journalism habit. Maybe that's exaggerated, but but I took it seriously, Chris. I mean, especially because, for Brian Pillman because, you know, how brutal his life is because it reminds you once again, it's not only the life on the road, but when you have the personal problems that stem from your childhood, I mean, it's, it's hard to live a happy life. The, the very biggest thing I learned was that but Brian was known for going, quote, against the script, which is something that apparently had never been done in wrestling. So that's a barrier that Brian Pillman broke down. And that's something I did not know. But that explains the loose cannon gimmick. But what we learned is that, as well is that he had the persona that he wanted to perpetuate, even if it meant killing him. I mean, we all remember the segment with Stone Cold Steve Austin in that gun, don't we, Chris? And the you know, last thing, and of course, speaking of Stone Cold, Stone Cold and Brian Pillman. That's something I did not know. They were a tag team in their early careers in WCW, the Hollywood Blondes. That's what I love about the series. You learn not only about the careers, but the lives of the professional wrestlers you may or may not have heard of or watched. And you'll be able to hear our review of Dark Side of the Ring Season 3 right here on Wrestling with a Bear. On behalf of the Bear Man, we'd like to thank you all for listening to this episode. We're now over 4,000 downloads with listeners from New York, Pennsylvania, Texas, Kansas, Nebraska, Illinois, Ireland, Belgium, Manchester, and South Africa. You can find us on all social media platforms at Rest with a Bear. That's at W-R-E-S with a bear or at restwithabear.com featuring Alex's blog No Claws Barred. Official Wrestling with a Bear merchandise coming soon thanks to What a Maneuver at whatamaneuver.net. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks again for listening. Share this episode with your mother, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your uncle because if they love pro wrestling like we love pro wrestling, then Wrestling with a Bear is the podcast for them. As always, be excellent to each other and support pro wrestling.